This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Brought to you by Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC for consistent, long-lasting, pre-emergent activity of both grassy and broadleaf weeds, including kochia, wild oats, and palmer amaranth in IP and herbicide-tolerant soybeans, it's Authority Supreme Herbicide. See your local retailer today. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Inputs Podcast. My name is Derek Cluche, and I'm the editor of Top Crop Manager West. And today we're chatting with Peter Sikama, a professor of weed management and field crops at the University of Guelph. We're also joined by Rachel Evans, technical sales manager for the Eastern Prairies region with FMC Canada. And today we're going to talk about Peter's research on weed management and soybean, which he's been doing for more than 30 years now, and what key takeaways there are from soybean growers in Manitoba and southeast Saskatchewan. Peter and Rachel are going to shed some light on several issues, including the impact of weed interference, factors that influence yield loss due to weed interference, and farmers, how they can minimize those losses, and other findings from Peter's research and related work conducted in Manitoba. Welcome to the podcast, Peter and Rachel. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Great to have you both. Peter, you've conducted research on weed management and soybean for more than 30 years in southwestern Ontario. How is that research relevant in Manitoba, and what is the impact of weed interference on soybean yield? So the uh, principles of weed management in soybean that we discovered through our research program in southwestern Ontario, I think are directly transferable to other regions where soybeans are grown. So, for example, the value of two-pass weed control, the potential of soybean yield loss from delayed post-emergence herbicide application, or the value of adding an appropriate adjuvant to a post-emergence herbicide. However, I do want to stress that the actual weed management program implemented on a farm is always field-specific and is influenced by a number of uh, different factors. In terms of the impact of weed interference on soybean yield, I am a member of the Weed Science Society of America Yield Loss Committee. And as a member of that committee, all committee members were asked to document the yield loss due to weed interference in their geographic area. In 107 trials conducted in southwestern Ontario, the average yield loss due to weed interference in soybean is 35%. And I want to stress that that ranged from 0% in fields with very light weed pressure to as high as 88% in fields with much heavier weed pressure. What factors influence the degree of yield loss in soybean due to weed interference? Yeah, I think the number one thing that influences the degree of uh, crop yield loss due to weed interference is the relative time of crop and weed emergence. So if I use an example from Ontario, if you have heavy glyphosate-resistant Canada fleabane pressure, that weed uh, comes up in the fall and is in the field 
prior to planting soybean, and it would have a competitive advantage over the soybean crop, and that would result in substantial yield losses. In contrast to that, if you have a summer annual weed, let's say you plant your soybean on May 15, the summer annual weed doesn't come up to June 15, the soybean plant will have a competitive advantage over those late emerging weeds, and there will not be nearly as large a yield loss due to those late emerging weeds. The other factors that influence soybean yield loss is uh, weed species composition. Generally speaking, broadleaf weeds are more competitive than annual grasses. So if you had 100 broadleaf weeds per square meter, that would result in a much higher yield loss than if you had 100 annual grasses per square meter. Soybean yield loss is influenced by weed density in each individual field. And finally, weather has a big impact on soybean yield loss due to weed interference. And in a summer where you have ample rainfall that's evenly distributed through the growing season, yield loss due to weed interference is not as pronounced as in a summer where you have extremely dry conditions during the growing season, and there simply isn't enough moisture for both the crop and the weeds. Well, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about the weather. So this uh, <laughs> this next question is for both Peter and Rachel. How can farmers minimize soybean yield loss due to weed interference? So I think that farmers can minimize yield loss due to weed interference by starting clean and staying clean through the critical weed-free period. And by that, I mean, I think farmers can maximize farm profitability by using an effective soil-applied herbicide to control early emerging summer annual grass and broadleaf weeds then I think they should scout the field and manage any weed escapes that occur in the field. And the post-emergence herbicide that a grower would use would be field-specific, and it would be based on the weed species composition in each individual field. Yeah, and so similar to, to Peter's extensive research in southern Ontario, here in Manitoba, Kristen McMillan's Applied Pulse Agronomy Lab working with Dr. Charles Geddes, as well as Dr. Rob Golden's lab. They've been investigating the individual and combined effects of integrated weed management practices in soybeans here in the prairies, specifically looking at things like seeding rates, seeding dates, cultivars, row spacings, and to you know very briefly summarize what they've found. The more competitive we can set up soybeans to be early in the development, the higher yielding they'll be. So things like Narrow row spacings, selecting high-yielding, regionally adapted varieties can contribute to higher yields. One you know, interesting experiment also showed that the yield potential can be higher with an earlier planting date, in this case mid-May, as compared to the late May or early June. But it's also associated with more weed pressure. So back to Peter's point, um, you know, timely weed control would be required to realize that yield potential. The other piece that I found good to sort of file away was that exceeding the provincially recommended seeding rates did not contribute to higher yields here in Manitoba. And so it's good to know that those targets are indeed, you know, where farmers should be should be shooting for. That's some great information. And speaking of a perfectly clean field, Peter, 
Does a clean field at harvest time, does that equal optimal crop and weed management? So uh, that's a really good question. And uh, the answer is no. Uh, You can have two fields side by side that are perfectly clean at harvest time. So if you drove down the uh, road and you looked at the two fields, you would think that both farmers had implemented an optimal weed management program because there's no weeds at harvest time. However, if one of those growers had used a two-pass weed control program of an effective soil-applied herbicide followed by a post-emergence herbicide and kept the soybean weed-free during that critical weed-free period, and the neighbor relied on a total post-emergence program, in seven experiments that we did from 2017 to 2019, there was a 3.3 bushel per acre yield loss from relying on a total post-emergence weed control program. And based on the uh, prices during that same time period, a grower would have lost $45 per acre just by relying on a total post-emergence weed control program. And it just shows the value of including a effective soil applied herbicide in your weed control program. Well, that's interesting. And Rachel, how does this research apply to the primary soybean areas in Manitoba and Southeast Saskatchewan? Yeah, I mean, again, really similar results coming out of some of the work here in Manitoba. Um, Some preliminary results, again, from the Applied Pulse and Soybean Lab, showing that the addition of a soil applied herbicide increased yield from four to seven percent compared to either the, the two pass in crop application of glyphosate or what they call their late application. So when a single plus of glyphosate only was applied. And so, you know, I think in general, when we think about this work in southern Ontario, really, yes, the weed spectrum is different and the climatic conditions are slightly different. We have, you know, a shorter season that we're working with in in the eastern prairies and uh, fewer heat units, but I think what we can learn from the experience of Ontario farmers is what happens when weeds adapt and and become resistant to our herbicides. So I know Peter also has a number of experiments around managing multiple herbicide-resistant fleabane and water hemp, and I hope when farmers and agronomists you know, listen to this, they're thinking about our experience with glyphosate-resistant kochia and the fact that water hemp is spreading here. So you know, I think we can uh, safe to say that the the easy button of weed management has definitely been been worn out. Perfect. That's a great point, Rachel. And Peter, can you tell us a little bit more about the two past weed control program in soybeans? And what is the return on investment for Ontario farmers? And how can Manitoba and Southeast Saskatchewan growers use this information? Yeah, and I will uh, speak specifically on the return on investment in a two-pass weed control program, simply because we covered two-pass weed control already. Uh, Maybe I jumped the question on you, Derek. But anyways, so uh, looking at the return on investment in in, uh, weed management, we did a number of trials from 2018 to 2021, And in Ontario, during that time period, the average soybean yield was 50 bushels per acre. The average selling price was $13.60 for a gross value of $672. 
If you assume, based on our long-term study, that there's a 35% yield loss due to weed interference, that uh, would work out to 17.4 bushels per acre or $237 per acre. We have calculated the cost of weed management and using an effective two-pass program of a soil-applied herbicide followed by a post-in-crop herbicide. That would cost you $69, or growers in Ontario are getting a 344% return on investment in their weed management program. Wow, those sound like some good numbers. So this question is also directed toward both of you. Soybeans are predominantly grown in areas where tillage is used. Is there still value in pre-emergent herbicides? So in terms of uh, conventional till soybean, if you assume uh, that you get perfect control of any uh, weeds present at the time of tillage, you still need a soil-applied herbicide to control those annual grass and broadleaf weeds in the field. They're going to come up very shortly after soybean emergence, and they will compete with the crop. And so whether you're in no-till or conventional till, there is still value of adding a soil-applied herbicide to your weed management program. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's, in, it's all in the name, right? We call this class of herbicides pre-emergence because they're applied pre-emergent to the crop. But generally, we also want to apply them pre-emergent to the weeds as well, because how they actually work is when the weeds are germinating below ground. So if the field's cultivated prior to spring, a pre-emergent herbicide is applied, it's going to get drawn into those germinating weeds with soil water, and then it will control them sort of before or shortly after emergence. You know, one caveat, though, I guess I'll, I will share is that depending on the active ingredient, these herbicides do tend to perform better when weed seeds are closer to the soil surface. So that's something to consider depending on the depth of your tillage operations. But I think, you know, the idea of applying a pre-emergent herbicide that you have that extended control through that critical early development of the crop is is really essential uh, when we're trying to minimize the the weed competition in those those young soybeans. Speaking of herbicides, Rachel, FMC has some pretty great pre-seed and pre-emergent herbicides. Can you tell us a little bit about them? I'd be happy to. Uh, so FMC has a variety of herbicide options for pre-seed and pre-emergent weed control in soybeans, but the brands I wanted to quickly mention are the Authority brands which include Authority 480, Authority Supreme, and new for 2024, Authority Strike. The Authority brand families are going to fit really well into our production systems here in Manitoba and eastern Saskatchewan because we're primarily targeting weeds like herbicide-resistant kochia, regular pigweed, lamb squirters, wild buckwheat. So something like Authority 480 is a great option for farmers who are looking for that extended control of those, of those key broadleaf weeds. Authority Strike also has burndown plus extended control, so it could be a a good option for areas with reduced tillage. But then Authority Supreme is really the Cadillac. It also has uh, extended control of green and yellow foxtail, suppression of wild oats and foxtail barley. And so it it can be um, a really big uh, contributor to the overall weed management in in a soybean field. You know, one thing, I guess, with these products is they do require a minimum of a half inch to an inch of moisture for activation. 
but they don't require tillage for incorporation. So they are formulated to sit on the soil surface until that shot of rain comes and, and moves the herbicide down into the soil where it can get drawn in by those germinating weeds. You know, I, I could go on and on here, but I guess the last thing I wanted to leave our audience with is to try try them, you know, try them on one quarter and turn off the boom for, you know, three, five seconds to leave yourself a check strip. I think that's one of the most challenging parts of working with these products is that they control weeds before or shortly after weed emergence. So finding evidence of their efficacy is really tricky. So the best way to see what could have come is in an unsprayed area. Perfect. Well, that's some great advice. Uh, Peter, is there anything else that, that we didn't discuss here today that about your research that you'd like to share with our listeners? As you're probably aware, weed management in Ontario changed dramatically with the evolution of glyphosate-resistant weeds. There are five glyphosate-resistant weeds that Ontario farmers deal with. The two that are of greatest concern to Ontario farmers are glyphosate-resistant Canada fleabane and, secondly, glyphosate-resistant water hemp. Both of these weeds can have a large impact on soybean yield. In trials conducted in Ontario, glyphosate-resistant Canada fleabane on average caused a 61% yield loss in soybean, and uh, glyphosate-resistant water hemp caused a 42% yield loss. So this has a big impact at the farm gate in terms of net returns for Ontario farmers. Perfect. I really appreciate both of your time today, and thank you a lot. Thank you so much for sharing all this information with our listeners. Well, you're a great host, Derek. You make it easy for us, so thank you very much. Thank you. Brought to you by Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC for powerful, extended, pre-emergent weed control and multiple modes of action to manage weed resistance in soybeans, you need convenient, easy-to-use Authority Supreme Herbicide. See your local retailer today. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.